Welcome to another edition of the TN Politics Podcast. I'm David Plaza's opinion engagement editor for the Tennessean. On Wednesday, December 7th, 2016, Tennessee Senior Senator Lamar Alexander spoke with me over the phone to talk about some key issues he's working on. Alexander, chairman of the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, shepherded through the 21st Century Cures Act through the Senate, which had already passed in the House overwhelmingly. The bill would invest more money in opioid and mental health treatment, precision and experimental medicine, and hasten the process of the Food and Drug Administration's approval of new drugs. Hours after our conversation, the bill passed 94 votes to 5. Alexander and I also talked about the future of the Affordable Care Act. He'll be a key leader in the movement to repeal it in 2017. He said he wants an orderly transition to a new health care system with greater state control, but said a repeal is essential because of what he called an Obamacare emergency, with skyrocketing premiums and limited individual health care plans in many Tennessee counties. The senator also talked about wanting to see the Every Student Succeeds Act implemented next year. This is the replacement to No Child Left Behind, which will reduce the federal government's role in K-12 public school standards. Now here to the podcast. We're all set now. How are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your time, and uh, I know we have a limited amount of time, but uh, I know the first thing on the agenda that I talked about with Ashton was the issue of 21st century cures. It's, it's come a long way, and it appears there's going to be a vote today. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what the impact is going to be for uh, Tennessee in particular, but also the nation as a whole? Well, it'll, it'll impact almost every family in the country in terms of their health care because it takes advantage of the really breathtaking advances we're making in biomedical research. What that means is uh, new ways to cure cancer, perhaps a cure for Alzheimer's, a way to identify it before the symptoms uh, even even show up, uh, help with diabetes, uh, and there are a billion dollars in state grants to fight the opioids epidemic, which is an enormous problem in every Tennessee county. One of the things that uh, uh, we received an op-ed from the White House, which talked about the fact that Tennessee could gain as much as $24 million um, uh, for uh, opioid treatment. Um, is that is that your understanding as well? Well, that's true. It's a billion dollars, and the first $500 million will come this year. So that money should be available uh, within the next few months, and then an equal amount of money uh, in, the, in, in the next fiscal year, which begins October 1. I know there's been overwhelming support with uh, with a tremendous showing in the House of Representatives, and it appears that there's tremendous support in the Senate as well. Um, related to any of the concerns that people might have about the FDA uh, ability to be a, a watchdog and regulator, how do you mitigate for that in this? Well, we did that very carefully. I mean, everything about this bill is bipartisan. The president, the vice president, Democrats enthusiastically supported Speaker Ryan. Uh, in the House, uh, Senator McConnell, the majority leader, a Republican in the Senate, says it's the most important bill we're going to do this year. The Food and Drug Administration is very important in keeping things safe. But what we're trying to do is also make sure we get these drugs and treatments through the process faster and at a lower cost than into the medicine cabinet. Because if it takes 10 or 15 years and a billion and a half dollars to, to get a new drug for Alzheimer's, that, that doesn't help a lot of people. So there's there's a, a number of steps such as breakthrough let, breakthrough procedures that allows the FDA to move treatments and cures and medical devices through the process more rapidly, still safely, if they think they're promising drugs. Uh, we had a procedure like that put in law five years ago, and 100 new drugs have been identified. 50 of them have been approved. In every case, they're now out there in the medicine cabinets and the doctor's offices helping people. Very good. Thank you. And a, a quick segue to uh, the Affordable uh, 
CARE Act is as you head the HELP Committee, the Health, uh, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, you're going to have a leadership role in determining the future of the Affordable Care Act. And I've heard a lot of conversations about repeal and replace or replace and repeal. Do you have, um, what, what are your thoughts in terms of how the, the Congress should proceed? Well, we want to begin immediately in January to repeal Obamacare and then to make an orderly transition, which is going to take several years, to a new health care system that leaves more decisions with the states and with con- consumers. In, in other words, our goal is to give Tennesseans more choices of lower-cost insurance. Now, we're going to have to do some things over the next two years to deal with what I call the Obamacare emergency. We've got 73 counties in Tennessee where there's only one insurance company willing to sell you an individual policy. Most people have other kinds of policies. They have employer policies, Medicaid, Medicare. But people who buy through the exchanges with their subsidies or who who buy outside the subsidies, like a Farm Bureau policy, uh, we need to make sure that, if that, that, that during that time people aren't hurt. So we're going to start immediately, have a transition that's careful, do no harm, and then eventually end up with a system that's state-managed and where people have more choices of lower-cost health insurance. So if I understand correctly, essentially it should be seamless for the consumer then? Well, I don't want to overpromise. I mean, we have a real problem right now with Obamacare. It's an emergency. I mean, premiums in Tennessee are going up 40 to 60 percent. Now, there are subsidies that help pay for some of that, but that's still unacceptable. And as I said, we've got many counties where having Obamacare subsidies, like having a bus ticket in a town where only bus runs, when bus runs through town. So, so there are going to be some bumps, but our goal is going to be to do this as, as carefully as possible and provide immediate relief to, to, to people so they have choices, especially during this transition time. Very good. Uh, the meeting that I just finished having was with the Nashville School Board, and one of the points of discussion we had was about the Every Student Succeeds Act, uh, which you shepherded through through the Congress and through the Senate. Uh, and just about what is your vision for how local school boards and state school boards should uh, perceive how to apply this to the education planning and, and, and the work that they do? Well, the, the bill fixing No Child Left Behind, which you just mentioned, passed just a year ago. President Obama called it a Christmas miracle because it had bipartisan support. But what it does for the National School Board is to say, look, you've got the authority now. Uh, The state can set its own academic standards. Washington, D.C. is not going to be telling you you have to have Common Core or you don't have to have Common Core. You can develop your own your own procedures for evaluating teachers. Uh, You can develop your own procedures for schools that are not performing, and you can develop your own schools for deciding uh, how well schools are performing. There's some general guidelines in the law, but fundamentally, as the Wall Street Journal said, it's the biggest biggest transfer of power from Washington, D.C., back to states in 25 years, and the state and local school board should take advantage of that. If they want to do something, in the schools, chances are pretty much they're free to do it. Federal rules aren't going to be slowing you down or or telling you no. And, and finally, since we're coming to the end of our interview, what are some of your priorities come? Uh, we, we talked, of course, about the Affordable Care Act, but other priorities you have coming into 2017 and under the new Trump administration? Well, number one is implement the new law fixing No Child Left Behind. Now, this is an exciting time in, in elementary and secondary education. That affects... Uh, 50 million school children and 100,000 public schools. So it's a chance for Tennessee uh, school boards and teachers to say, uh, how can I create a better teaching environment? That's 
is to implement the 21st Century Cures Act. Vanderbilt University, for example, got the largest grant in the country last year for precision medicine, the personalized medicine, and there'll be more funding for for Alzheimer's, more for uh, other diseases uh, that that will benefit Tennesseans. I want to see that implemented well. The big item of business in the next year is going to be uh, higher education. And there I want to simplify this, the application form that 20 million American families fill out. They call it the FAFSA. If you're listening and you've ever filled one out, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's 108 questions long. Every student that, that applies for Tennessee Promise has to fill it out every year. And many uh, administrators in the community colleges feel like it's the biggest obstacle to attracting more students to the free community college program that Tennessee has put in place. And I want to simplify the student loan repayment program. So those are priorities for, for next year in higher education. Well, Senator, I want to thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate it. I know you've got a vote out this afternoon, but, but again, I'm very grateful uh, that you shared this information with me and with our readers. Thanks very much. It's great to talk with you. Right, take care. Bye. Bye-bye.